Hey, this is Tyler Mayne, and you're listening to Don't Go Out There Horror Podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all support. And we have another awesome interview Another awesome interview for you guys. It's a pleasure today to be joined by an actor and producer with over 50 credits to his name over a career that spans 30-plus years, known for his roles in X-Men, Troy, and, of course, Michael Myers himself in Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2, Tyler Maine. Tyler, it's an honor to have you on the show. How you doing, man? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Hey, we just want to jump right into these questions, brother. Can you talk a little bit about what got you into acting and your transition from wrestler to actor? Yeah, sure, man. I was a, a tall, skinny kid with glasses and braces growing up in Canada. And um, I was slightly dyslexic. So my escape was every Saturday morning I'd watch Stampede Wrestling, which is the Hearts Wrestling. And then <laughs> right. after that, I'd watch, um, I'd watch like, all kinds of action movies all weekend long. And then when it came back to Monday, I'd like cry that I had to go back to school. And, uh, I said, I'm going to do that someday. I'm going to be a wrestler, you know? And, uh, everybody kind of laughed and I just, you know, hit the gym and did the martial arts and stuff like that. And, uh, ended up going down to the dungeon with Stu Hart and training for a while. And then, uh, the WWF at the time came into town into Calgary and that's when I went to um, Los Angeles and started training in Los Angeles. And uh, then that's when I really got the, uh, the, the big bug for, uh, for the acting. You know, I auditioned for a few things and, and um, I was like, wow, this is, you know, I, I can maybe do this. But being dyslexic uh, kind of hurt a little bit. Um, but um, when I was in Mexico wrestling have you guys ever seen any of those mexican wrestling movies yes sir <laughs> the guys with the master that yeah well, they asked me to do one of those and i said well I, I don't speak spanish they said don't worry about it we're gonna dub it you know you're you're a heel here at the time we want big bad guy i was like okay sure what the heck it's the 80s right um and i played an intergalactic vampire that shot laser beams through my fingertips and i had a pink fog that followed me everywhere and don't judge it was the 80s and um and i was like wow you know doing this and not getting dropped on my head is so much easier on the body so that when when i finally did the x-men uh i hung up the wrestling boots for good that was in 99 and uh haven't looked back ever since oh that's that's awesome (laughs) yeah yeah i'll uh I'll uh, try to uh, look up that Mexican movie if we <laughs> get back oh, at the God, chance. Oh God, don't! No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you brought up oh. X Men. You brought up X Men. I mean, you've had the opportunity to play a lot of very cool and iconic characters in a lot of different genres. Um, I mean, and, and you brought up X Men. I, I first saw you as Sabretooth in 2000s X Men, which which honestly, I mean, that whole thing really started the whole comic book movie craze completely. Um, can you talk a little bit about? how that came about and the experience with x-men yeah i mean it, it well the x-men basically revamped the comic book uh 
being brought onto the big screen again. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I was tagged with Kevin Nash and they were talking about to Kevin a little bit about it, but for some reason it didn't work out. And, uh, they were talking to me originally about just doing the stunts. And then the, the, uh, um, stunt coordinator said, you should look at this guy for Sabretooth. And, um, I went and met with Brian. It was kind of funny because I went and got fake teeth and, and all of that stuff. I did my research, you know, I went and got all the, com- a lot of comic books and was researching Sabretooth and, right. and, uh, I went out and got the, uh, got some fake teeth, teeth, some polygrip, put it in. And I, I, I go walking into this office and, and there's this young kid sitting on the edge of the couch typing <laughs> with his head down. I says, I'm here to see Brian Singer. He didn't even look up. He just kind of put his hand up like just a minute, you know, give me the signal just a minute and kept typing he must have been working on the script or something or working on the email, whatever. And um, when he looked up, he goes, I'm Brian Singer. Holy shit, you're Sabretooth. You know? And then <laughs> he, <laughs> there was, a, I remember there was like a kind of a glass table in, in the uh, office. He jumped up on that. Oh, wow. And he said, choke me. And, and I choked him and gave kind of like a, a rah or whatever, you know. And he goes, wow, you're Sabretooth, you know, and that's how I got the gig. Oh, that's really awesome. You know, and, and yeah, it's a crazy story. But uh, <laughs> and it also taught me don't judge a book by its cover, because I was like, who is this little kid telling me to hold on? You know, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but like you say, I, I've been very lucky, I, you know, from from X-Men. I got uh, King Ajax and Troy and Scorpion King and and. Uh, and then even the Halloweens with Rob Zombie. Yeah, Troy. Um, that movie is one of my personal favorites. I mean, I've, right in front of me right now, I've got a replica of the Sword of Achilles actually hanging on my wall. So, I mean, that thing is such a big and epic blockbuster of a movie. Can you talk a little bit about uh, your experience uh, working on that versus maybe some of the other movies that you've done that are a little bit smaller in scale? Yeah, I mean, every, look at every every production and every movie is a, a different adventure. And I had auditioned, I think, a couple of times for um, Ajax, mm-hmm. for Wolfgang Peterson. And uh, I went in and I remember, I think it was in Santa Monica. I went and saw him in person, auditioned and re-auditioned. And they were looking for Ajax all over the world. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to get this. And finally, they came back and, and gave me the role and said that I was perfect for it. And, and you know, sometimes it's it takes a little while to, to hear back, you know, and, and have the studio make the decision and say, yeah, we're, we're going this way. Um, but the magnitude of that film was just phenomenal. I mean, we shot for three months in Malta and then we went and shot for three months in Cabo and the, the big fight scene was between Eric Banner and myself. We trained for about two months in, in Malta Wow. Before we shot it in Cabo, on the beach in Cabo, in front of the gates of Troy, you know. So I mean, it was it was just huge. Like you walk into Malta into those castles that they have, and and see the just the the landscaping and the sets, and then to to show up in uh, Cabo, and and they've got this huge front wall of Troy built on this sandy beach. I'm like, Oh my God, this is just insane. <laughs> you know? And then you have Peter O'Toole, you know, you've got Eric Banner, Brad Pitt, 
all of these people, Brian Cox, all of them that, that are just mega stars in their own right. And just to be able to work with them, it was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. You brought up the Halloween uh, franchise that you starred in. You have an uncredited role in Devil's Rejects as Rufus Firefly. Is that how you first hooked up and met Rob Zombie? Did that have any impact on you getting the role as Michael Myers two years later? Yeah, it it totally did. Um, I had actually auditioned for a different role that I wasn't right for, and I, you know, I knew I wasn't right for it. And uh, But they wanted to see me, and little did I know that they were going to be replacing Rufus Firefly. So I was like, all right, I got offered the, the, the gig and, and I was on set for like four days and did the opening of, of uh, the movie Devil's Rejects. And then from that, Rob wrote the Halloween movie with me in mind. And I was oh. up in Canada getting ready to talk to producers about another project and, and the phone rang and it was Rob. And I was, I mean, that's a phone call you pick up, right? Right. Absolutely. So, so uh, he started explaining to me, he goes, yeah, I'm doing this movie. And if, if you don't do it, I'm not going to do it. And, you know, it's how your character is a product of his environment. And, and he evolves into a three-dimensional character. And, it, you know, you're going to be uh, Michael Myers. And I was like, holy, um, okay. <laughs> you know, so it, that's how that came about. It was, I, I didn't audition for that it was kind of like he, he wrote it with me in mind so that was very thankful and and uh, grateful for that one you know speaking of halloween i mean i'm sure you've been asked this a million times but your myers is is much different than what came before and almost jason-esque you know with his physicality um can you talk a little bit about obviously that role and but but mostly like how that portrayal of of myers came to be what we actually saw on screen yeah, I mean, I I looked at all the other guys' uh, performances and watched them, and I, I wanted to, you know, be my own Myers, and and of course I'm going to be with my size and differential, you know. Right. So I uh, and I researched a bunch of serial killers to see how they interacted in society and 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 all of this, and you know, the funny thing is, if you look at a Bundy or any of these people, it could be the guy next door, and people wouldn't even know. Right. You know, and um, so that was a kind of cool little nuance that I wanted to bring to it. But then I also wanted him to like from the beginning in the asylum, when I take over for Dag, you know, I wanted the physicality of like, oh, he's trying to fight to get his life back, you know. Right. And then so I'd slouch and I all I had was my physicality and, and my body movements and, and body language to tell my side of the story and it seemed to come across people people seemed to like it that you know i was slouching and then all of a sudden when i get to be michael myers again and i put that mask on and i have that knife for the very first time it's like boom it's on it's it's time to become that land shark killing machine of of michael myers and then i just wanted to kick it up a notch and, and make him a little more intense than the other ones, you know? And then, and then when we went and did Halloween two, I said to Rob, I was like, Rob, I, I, I just don't want to do the same thing. You know, we got to kick it up a notch. And he, he goes, yeah, I agree. We got to make this really, you know, more intense. And uh, that's what we did. 
Oh, yeah. You you know, you brought up you went into Halloween, too, with a new approach, and you definitely were super aggressive. I just want to ask you another quick question about Halloween, too. What was your favorite kill? I saw on, I believe it was the Dead Meat podcast, his, his YouTube, you said the Octavia Spencer death. Is that still your favorite death? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> that, that, that nurse kill was so intense. I mean, I remember when we were shooting it, He's like, just keep stabbing. I'm stabbing like a, a sandbag right down below the, the below the counter, and I was just stabbing it, stabbing it. And I I must have counted at least thirty times. I stabbed this thing as aggressively as I could, and he goes, and I was exhausted. And he goes, one more, give it one more, and then that's when I just did the and stuck it in, and that gave it that little bit extra aggression that just set it apart for me you know it was just and and to this date i'm i think i'm the only person that plays a serial killer to kill an oscar winner so you know i'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take that yes sir <laughs> I, so so let's shift gears a little bit i mean you're back in the superhero genre playing uh black star in the uh, new netflix series jupiter's legacy can you talk a little bit about that that I'm not allowed to talk about, but uh, I am playing Black Star. The I think it'll be either coming out later on this year or the beginning of next year. It's the Mark Miller comic book uh, adaptation. So uh, everybody, please look for look for that in the in the near future. Yeah, and and it also speaking of other projects, you know, you have a few more on the docket coming up uh, with your company, uh, Main Entertainment. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your uh, your release of of Penance Lane and the re-release of uh, Compound Fracture? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I uh, started my production company quite a few years ago, and and we originally released Compound Fracture was our first film, but it got cut up in uh, our sub distributor went bankrupt, and it was Alchemy that went bankrupt, and and they had Sony pictures in there, Marigold, a bunch of uh, top studios were, were filtering through them. So we're kind of like the small guy caught up in this bankruptcy hearing. And it's been five years, I think, and it's still going on, but we got the rights back to our compound fracture. But so to go back to um, the first one, Penance Lane, uh, mm -hmm. on April 21st, we released Penance Lane uh, it is with myself, uh, Booker T, uh, Dallas Page is in it, awesome. John Schneider's in it, Dan Roebuck's in it, Scout Taylor Compton is in it. That's our fourth film that Scout and I have done together. Oh, wow. That was released on April 21st. Um, so please check it out on all platforms. It's called Penance Lane. And then we just re-released uh, about a week ago, week and a half ago, compound fracture with the original artwork and and uh, uh some new things on that and uh re-released it so if people haven't seen it please check it out it's a great time in these times of uh quarantining and and social distancing so if uh, people are looking for something to check out please check out either one of those two or both of those films yeah, I was going to ask, uh, speaking of quarantine, I mean, how much uh, were, were any of your productions affected by uh, by this COVID um, shutting down production? Well, I, you know, I've, I was up for some other things that were supposed to have taken place that have been put on hold and, and 
I think one of them is probably not even going to go, but um, it's just right now in the, in the uh, phase of waiting to see what's going to happen. People are trying to gear back up and get going, but you know, you've got to listen to the CDC and, and deal with reopening our business, especially when you have such large crews and everything together properly to make sure that everyone is safe. But um, it's given me that this quarantine time has actually given me for with main entertainment, my own production company time. We're in the process of developing a TV series right now called the last Spartan. Okay. And uh, we're hoping to be uh, filming either beginning of this end of this year, beginning of the next year. And that is kind of like, it's going to be a mix of the Punisher meets sons of anarchy meets human trafficking. Oh, wow. That sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah. It's going to be pretty intense. It's going to be a hell of a ride, so to speak. (laughs) Oh, nice. So I want to ask you a fun question now. We started asking this when we had uh, the great Lisa Wilcox on the show, but I know you do a lot of conventions, whether it be comic or horror related. Uh, What's the weirdest experience or what's the weirdest thing or strangest moment fan request from you that you've ever encountered at a convention? Oh, yeah. I I would have to say um, I had a guy come up to me. He was eating an apple and he gets done with it and he hands me the apple core and he says, hey, can you sign this for me? Oh, what? How am I, I going to sign your Apple core? I mean, it's not going to work. He goes, oh, I just thought, you know, from your Joe Dirt character. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, it, did you guys see the Joe Dirt that I did? Yes, yes. I love Joe Dirt. <laughs> yeah, I'm done with that Apple core. You're going to have that. <laughs> so that was probably the, that was kind of the weirdest one. But, you know, I mean, you're always, um, you know, I'll, I'll have people come up to me women will say you know sign my breast or whatever my ass cheek and and they go out and get it tattooed i'm like it's kind of weird to have your name tattooed on somebody's butt or boob for the rest of their life you know <laughs> it's, it's kind of surreal you know to think that anybody would want it but uh yeah so yeah, kind of uh, hold, so, yeah hold, there's hold. a lot of weird things Tyler. So, is it, all right, I didn't yeah. know this. So you're the guy who uh, broke Joe Dirt. My luckily, my neck broke my fall. That was you. Yeah, Bondi, Bondi. Holy, dude, Bondi. I love, I love Joe <laughs> yeah. Dirt. I did not know that. I was just learning something new today. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there luckily, you go. Yeah, luckily, luckily my neck broke like my that. fall. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the uh, I'm the only guy probably in the history that can pee on a fire and actually. Uh, Bursting into flames. I mean, that's an toxic piss I had there, right? I must have been drinking a lot of Jack Daniels or something before that. Absolutely. But, uh... <laughs> so, so anyway, before we uh, get out of here, um, is there anything else you'd like to uh, kind of tell our audience about or promote? I mean, I know people can go to TylerMain.com or uh, MainEntertainment.com and purchase some of your memorabilia. Um, is there anything else out there that they can? Uh, are you are you on Cameo or anything like that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I am, I do the cameo on that, but I'm also uh, on Instagram. I'm the real Tyler Maine. Okay. Um, you know, on, on Twitter, I'm Tyler Maine, and and just uh, you know, click on there and and follow along for this crazy ride. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. 
I think I'm gonna go watch Joe Dirt again now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and if, I, you know, you can check out what I'm doing on IMDb. You know, that that has all the things that are coming up. Oh yeah, and like you said earlier, right now it's COVID COVID season. You got plenty of time to watch Penance Lane or Compound Fracture. No excuses right now. Uh, Tyler, want to thank you again so much for joining us. It's it's been a, a great pleasure to have you on the show, man. We really appreciate your time. All right, thanks for having me. Talk to you guys later. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, we'll do. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't go out there. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.